We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra. Green Bay Packers podcast, the proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak. And joining me today is my lovely, illustrious co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm plugged. I'm plugged. plugged. In the, I, I got a lot of stuff in my nose right now, and it's none, none too fun. So I apologize to listeners if I sound plugged. <laughs> New Mac Unplugged is going to be like when you just don't have a cold anymore. That's right. There's going to be no concert. There's going to be no uh, no album about New Mac Unplugged. It's just going to be me breathing thoroughly through my nose. But enough about my general health, physical health. Uh, we'll get into my mental health in a minute talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers' trades discussed at the annual meeting <laughs> in Glendale. <laughs> uh Brian Gutenkunz, Joe Douglas, both gave talks on their respective franchises, as well as the the status of the Aaron Rodgers trade. And Matt LaFleur also sat down at a little tiny cocktail table with all the reporters. I'm not sure if you saw that, Jordan, but they packed that man into a table and put all the mics on the table for his interview. Uh, And he gave sort of a general overview of the franchise as well. And not so much Rodgers talk, but more general Packers talk. So we're going to break down most of that today. 
Uh, I guess we'll start with the Rogers stuff and start with Goody and start with uh, Joe Douglas on the other side. Basically, as you could imagine, the Packers media members were asking all the questions about Rogers, about compensation, about when um, when he tried reaching out to not when he tried reaching out, but why? Let me back up. Why is that exactly? Rogers went on McAfee and said that. They were shopping around. Goody came back and said, well, no shopping really happened. Basically, we couldn't reach Aaron Rodgers, which I'm not sure if you saw this, Jordan, but Matt Schneidman had quite the tweet afterwards that wasn't serious, talking about how if Razul was manning Aaron Rodgers' phone during the uh, <laughs> the lead-up to the McAfee show, that Razul tank Rodgers' career in Green Bay. was a very, very funny tweet. I did not see that tweet. Yeah. Basically, mm. basically playing off since Razul was saying he had Aaron Rodgers' phone leading up to the uh, Pat McAfee announcement that he's like, well, if he had it, was he not passing a lot of messages, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, but, but please don't don't take this tweet seriously. So it was, it was pretty good. Um, But I guess the biggest thing for me that came out of the, uh, the Goody Talks, we'll get into a lot of it, but was I didn't say who asked, but somebody asked when the mindset shift was coming on way from Rogers signing his extension last year and wanting Rogers to finish and Goody wanting Rogers to finish his career in Green Bay versus uh now moving on from him and basically allowing him to be traded and letting the Jets tamper um before the free agency period started. And he said it came out of the just the disappointing season and having talks with players, coaches, and just people in the organization. He went to go talk to Aaron Rodgers about his fit within the team and his future with the team, and it never transpired. So I can't say I'm surprised, but I am a little bit, given what we know about Aaron Rodgers. I guess, what is your thoughts on that report, Jordan, that Goody couldn't even get a hold of Rodgers throughout most of the offseason? Um, sounds plausible. Right. Um, it's I don't like. We're at the point of this where things have extended on. There has been a deal. I mean, this would happen probably even if there were, you know, um, the deal was already done. If we're being honest, there's always going to be that he said, Goody said, right, <laughs> that exists here. Um. Based on how the offseason has been, and Aaron has made it very clear how I mean, he was out there, and then he went into the darkness retreat, which he very much publicized. There wasn't just that, it wasn't like there was a lot of opportunity to have talks based on other things that were going on, like playing a golf event that he adjusted his handicap, as Adam McGee would like for us to point out <laughs> then the darkness retreat and then it was like a week later or whatever it was 10 days later going into pat mcafee and saying i want to play for the jets and all that stuff so like whatever not to repeat myself but like whatever opportunity that you could really sit down and have talks and all this stuff beyond just like exit interviews because all players do that right it's much easier when you have a clear eye, you know, clear your mind and clear eyes 
uh, can't lose whatever that I'll stupid say, phrase is. Is there, is there a full heart in there somewhere? <laughs> um, so yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't think that, I think the point here is that I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Right. It was very much clear or made very clear by Rogers himself from the Pat McAfee uh, interview that it was either he's retiring or he's playing for the Jets. There was no scenario in his mind that existed that he would play again for the Packers, maybe in part due to things that he made up himself, maybe due to actual feelings that they had as an organization who there's no one thing to pinpoint it. It was just, that is what the feeling or that is what existed from his standpoint. And it's not like the Packers have come away with this from like kicking and screaming. Both sides have acted very, I guess, appropriately based on how things have gone. Right. And to be fair to Rogers, I don't think going into the off season for him, it was retirement or jets. I think for him, it was retirement. Because he said that going into like his retreat that he was like 90-10 retiring. And then when he came out and found out that he was being, air quotes, shopped, um, that that's when that sort of mindset changed. He became more open to playing and playing for the Jets. So I think there was a reality probably earlier in the offseason, a week or so after it, that, there, that he could have came back and played for the Packers this year. Um, and he still might. That door is not closed, as Goody made sure to say during his uh, presser. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't know. Like, like you said that at the beginning of your, your, your statement, it's plausible that this happened, right? Like, I think it was said a couple times that Rogers didn't really focus on football in the immediate af- aftermath of the offseason. He kind of just took a break from football. Like you said, went golfing, had his retreat and didn't really get back in the swing of things until after his retreat and had a couple workouts and he didn't really want to talk football that much. Like, I think that he said that pretty often the Pat McAfee show and just in general to people in uh, interviews on podcasts and et cetera, et cetera. So for these conversations to happen, there wasn't really a huge window, as you said, for Goody and Rogers to talk about the future of Rogers with the program or with the franchise. And as Goody said in his press conference at the annual meeting, at some point he has to do his job, right? Like it's, if he's not having communication with Rogers, despite efforts, then he kind of has to figure out, what he's going to do with this unresponsive quarterback. So all in all, it's basically, it's, it's more of the same, but it's, we're starting to get a clear picture of how and why this went down as opposed to just Roger's side or just sources side, uh, coming from media members. So also, I guess I'm holding two pens. I was going to say, why are you pointing two pens at me? Two pens. There is the communication and relationship between Goody Koontz and Aaron Rodgers. The, other part of this that no one really talks about but probably existed is I don't feel like it's just blank. I feel like there was communication probably through Aaron's agent about certain parameters. And maybe this is reckless speculation or whatever, but like you can still feel out how someone feels or where their thoughts are through your agent and maybe that yeah i mean like that's kind of like another part of it as we are publicly seen in a very different case involving a former mvp that is not represented by the agent and 
all that stuff that's going on with Lamar Jackson. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that Goody said that they had like talks with Rogers's uh, agency and his agent leading up or afterwards once they kind of figured out that he didn't want to play for them anymore and through like this not talking but i don't think that was like confirmed of okay goody's talking to rogers agent but not rogers i don't think that was confirmed through his uh his presser um furthermore in the the trade talk as we power through (laughs) of the rogers speculation um, compensation obviously was a huge, huge topic um, that media asked both uh, Goody and Joe Douglas at at the annual meeting. Uh, Goody said that the ball is currently in the Jets' court, and so he didn't uh, answer one way or the other of whether or not there's a standing offer from the Jets or if there's an offer on the table. Um, neither one of the GMs got into the into the nitty gritty of what they've offered or what they rejected, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I think the two biggest things that came out of the, uh, I guess, the compensation talk was that um, 13 wasn't a necessity for for Goody in the trade, but that he talked about how a premier player needed premier value out of a trade. Um, so I guess what for that was one of the biggest points. I want to get your reaction to it. I guess what was your thought on seeing that the Goody's not make or breaking the deal on a first round pick. I think it makes sense. I think this is intertwined with the second point that I think you're about to get to. Um, and that came out uh Monday, late Monday night into Tuesday morning. Um, from Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports of yep. like just where things stand between both sides, and that even though there's not a deal done, it's not like that they're so far apart that like it's you know there's a long road ahead it's it's very uh not minute details because it's what is coming down to negotiations but like the fact that here i'll, I'll just yeah, pull get, from get his into the charles, right Ro- right, charles robinson yeah get, get into his report of uh what came out on monday Quote, as it stands, talks are focused on the Jets stealing two picks for the Packers quarterback, one second round pick in next year's or next month's NFL draft, and another second rounder in 2024 that could graduate to a first round pick with a quote unquote achievable team performance escalators. Which Those I, would include. Which I think. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, to host, if the Jets hosted a divisional playoff game. Or if they advance to the AFC Championship game. And then he adds a sticking point in the talks is the Jets seeking an element of protection built into the trade, specifically one that sends some 2025 draft compensation to New York from Green Bay if Rodgers does not play in 2024 and beyond. Which I'd imagine is them kind of saving their butt on. Rogers' yes. dead cap should it get there, yep. which like I get, I understand, but I guess what are your thoughts on that package? Because I I go back and forth between how I feel about a second and a second um, for Rogers. Again, no players, just a second and a second. I mean. I know it's tough because 
we just, uh, uh, you know, you see all the, the high impact names that have already been traded for not premier value. Jalen Ramsey went for a fifth. Darren Waller went for a third. Yeah. Um, there was another big trade that I'm forgetting. Stefan Gilmore is not the, in that class of player anymore, but like we're talking about, you know, premier skill players. Now you're talking about a cornerstone quarterback that even for a year, like the Jets have no backup options. They have right. already said that Zach Wilson is going to be their number two quarterback, and they have two quarterbacks on their roster as we talk currently. Right. Um, so yeah, naturally you would want a first rounder to equal that. But like we talked about a couple of weeks ago when kind of comparing this to the Favre deal, the kind of similar things are in place because the Jets don't want to get burned right. by Rodgers maybe being like, okay, <laughs> basically they don't want to see what is going on right now and being like, that is what we are going to be in 12 months. Right, right. You know, that kind of thing. I'm cautiously optimistic at the deal. Like, I guess that's not even the right way to phrase it. I am, I go back and forth, as I mentioned, between being okay with two second round picks, one this year, one next year, and some other compensation package, like a first and a second, or whatever you want to call it. That's better than two seconds. I think a lot of my hesitancy comes from the immediate value that would be able to extract from it. Because, like, there are there are good players at 13. That, like, that's obvious. And I think there's good players in the second round. Like, between 43 and 45, I think, is what they have. Um, as I bring up the, the order real quick. Yeah, or I'm sorry, 42 and 43 is what the Jets have. 42 is to, um, from the Browns. 43 is their own pick but part of me wishes we just had 13 15 obviously because as goody mentioned it in his presser later it's a really nice um coincidence for the packers that the besides safety that the things that they need their needs on the team have really great depth this draft tight end edge both wide receiver all really yep. like deep drafts this this year. And so it'd be really cool, really awesome if they could get two of those holes filled right at 13 and 15. And I guess the difference between that and 42 and then picking it at 45 is just that obviously this is obvious analysis, the caliber of the player. I think my personal strife with it is that I really think Darnell Washington is a positive player for this team, and I do not think he'll be there at 42 or 45. I think that's the biggest thing, is that they have an opportunity to draft a tight end that could really help them for a long term in the future. Excuse me. And if they can't get him, then it's it's tough. You start getting into a bunch of chances. So I'd be okay with it. Do I want the first, obviously, I think like the best middle ground would be the two firsts, or I'm sorry, the, the two seconds two, this year and, yeah. and next year. 
the one I would appreciate more would even be like a swap of 13 and 15 and then um, a pick this year or um, a pick next year, like the second round ones. Like, I think I'd be okay with the second round picks, like the, the two, the one this year, one next year, if they swap 13 15. I'd be really okay with that, honestly. Because between 13 and 15 is where I get nervous because it goes Jets, Patriots, Packers. And if they could, I wouldn't even mind trading whatever, like 15 or 13 up to 10 or 11, just to make sure we can get the pick we want because Eagles, Titans, Texans, um, Jets, Patriots, Packers has a lot of opportunity for um, Jackson Smith, uh, Najigba, or uh, Darnell Washington to go, or I don't think he goes that high, but he could. Or really any of these guys that are really good, like Peter uh, Skoronsky from Northwestern. As a lineman, if they want to go lineman. There's just a lot of opportunity for the Packers to miss out on uh, players that could really, really, really benefit their team if they stay at 15. So We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply trying to see the positive in it all essentially but yeah i mean i i until we have some i mean until a deal is made we we are both in agreement i think a lot of packers fans are it's like yeah to get 13 or whatever machination is to get as many first round picks that is the sexy thing. That is gonna gonna be the things that really headline Thursday, real hot Thursday night, real hot. <laughs> um, but to your point, they have so many areas on the roster that they have to address. Yeah, and definitely. this is part of this is part of your. It's not. If, they're not going to call it a rebuild, but you're. This is a different era. Yep, and. As people have talked about since 
Rogers wanting to leave and all this stuff like that. Everything really jump started by strong drafts. Yeah. When that transition was made. And if, you know, fortune favors the bold, it's not about just, oh, let's get the, the top picks. That's not even really how the Packers kind of operate either. They, they value what they do internally of scouting guys, trying to make a jump on guys, you know, whether you call it reaching or whatever. Right. But they identify the prospects that they want to bring in and develop and all that stuff. So, like, yeah, I, I, I'm not beholden to 13 or anything like this. At this point, I just want to see a deal done. And then it's really, for me, it's all about who and how, like, the players that they pick, how they can really, I guess, turn this ship around or build for the future. Right. Um, on the flip side, we'll get to, like, I want to talk more about Goody's comments in a second and just general team building, but. Um, on the flip side, Joe Douglas was not as forthcoming uh, as Goody was. Um, his presser was like less than half the time that his what than Goody's was, but <laughs> a lot of uh, repeating the company line, which is they're gonna let the process play out. So um, Joe Douglas said he's optimistic that th- there's no hard deadline for a deal to get done, and that there's not a ton of urgency from the Jets. There, it seems that they're ready to wait this out. Cross that with Woody Johnson's comments. Go ahead if you have them. I do. Well, you know, I think we're anxious. We're anxious. Right. So nice job from the owner. Really, uh, really backing up your boy. Really backing up your boy. Really putting that leverage to work. Um, they talked about the 13th pick and Joe Douglas didn't really answer the question of is 13 off the table. Um, so it would make it seem like it isn't, but at the same time, he wasn't very forthcoming in any of any of his information, but he talked about how there's a lot of opportunity, obviously to bring in a quality player that can really impact the team at 13. So, um, yeah, not a whole lot from Joe Douglas, just again, that they are comfortable where they're at and they're going to let it play out. So, Hopefully we get an answer a month from now when the draft is done. Yeah. Uh, moving on a little bit, a lot of the ancillary talk was about Jordan Love. And part of the compensation talk from Goody was really surrounding or going all about how um, they really want to have all the picks, like... I think I forget what the question was, but Goody got all excited. He said, "Yeah, I want all the picks. Like he just wants to pick as many players as you want, obviously." But, um, well, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't Goody. It was um, Lafleur had talked about just making sure that expectations for Jordan Love are tempered. He's not gonna slot in and be Aaron Rodgers, be Brett Favre. He's, it's gonna take some time. Take some time, which is expected. Um, which is why I think this trade matters so much getting as much help as you can to have Jordan Love succeed in these next two years, which was echoed by Matt Schneeman in his recap of the annual meeting, is is critical. And so there was talks about how uh, they need to add to the wide receiver room, whether it be through a vet or through the draft. Um, I want to get your take. Goody said that they were, they really, they quote, really like Tyler Davis and Josiah DeGuara. Do you think that's 
warranted slash company talk slash just hyping up your guys? Or do you think that maybe they actually do really like them and that they're just comfortable writing with them as well as getting one in the draft? Because he said that he said he, somebody asked, are they drafting tight end on like day two or something? He said, oh, you never know. So it seemed like he's not showing his hand, but they're definitely drafting a tight end at some point. Yeah. Um, I do think it's company man kind of thing. You want to, I mean, they brought Tyler Davis back for a reason when, yeah. you know, at one of their previous tight ends is already signed and one has remained unsigned. Um, DeGuara, I mean, dating back to when he was drafted, I mean, it made sense for this offense. And considering that we had talked about, we haven't seen like the full Lafleur offense, getting someone of his versatility and hopefully health is on his side. I think, you know, it's not the sky is the limit, but you could see a valuable player there, a useful player there for someone like Jordan Love that just needs not just the uh, pass catching weapon, but like he needs his own Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. And it's a lot to ask of a third, fourth year tight end who, you know, it hasn't put it all together, whether it's through his fault or not his fault at all. Um, It's, it's tough. I mean, we're all going to be looking for a tight end that's in the draft regardless. You know what yep. I mean? Like you just want to see some added depth there, even if it's a very young tight end room, but right. for what they have right now, like I'm, it's not that I'm completely out of those guys. I, I think, no, I just don't think that they're the most, you know, polished by any means, but that's yep. part of the point too. Yeah. I think it's a lot of just certainty when it comes to that position. Could Tyler Davis and Josiah DeGuire be impact players and make a step towards becoming uh, a real part of this offense? Absolutely. But it's the gauge of how likely is that, given what we know already, versus um, being able to work with a new rookie who is one of the top tight ends in his class and seeing how he could fit in uh, more smoothly throughout the preseason camp and or throughout camp, mini camp, all the offseason activities to be a impact player year one. So um, all that is to say to go with Jordan love that there's also been a lot of uh, hype around him working out with the current Packers. I think I saw a report last week that he was working out with Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs and Aaron Jones um, out in California. And then I saw a report today that he was uh, or it was on Instagram story or something today that he was working out with Aaron Jones. So, Yes, I think I, I forget if we talked about this last week or not. So my apologies if it's for repeating things, but man, it just feels good. It just feels good to see these things happening as opposed to uh, Rogers not coming to OTAs or not going to preseason minicamp or anything like that, just because he's a veteran who didn't need all that work. Buckle up, Jets fans! This is where you're getting right. But it just, it just feels good <laughs> to see Jordan Love putting in that work and that seeing that the specialists around him are also willing to get help get him to a place where he needs to be for this season because obviously Jordan Love is plays the most important position in sports and it's his job to make to make this offense go in large part. But he needs buy in from the people he's throwing to from from his offense he's working with. And to see 
the obviously like I said, these players, these very important players buying in with him in their offseason when they could be vacationing, could be doing anything else literally. Um to go out there and work with them to get that uh that chemistry up is really cool. I'm just I'm hoping it all works out this season and that uh we get a real chance to see this offense click. Yes. Absolutely. Um trying to see what else we should touch on when it comes to routers and love. I don't know if there's too much else besides the fact that we all I hope this reaches everybody in Packers Nation. We all just need to like hopefully chill once the season comes on love on Jordan Love because it'll be an up and down season probably most likely it's not going to be a linear progression throughout his career there is there'll be some bumps oh we should talk about backup QB yes Um, I think LaFleur and Goody both said that they would prefer a vet but it's not necessary I think when Rodgers came in it was Brian Brahma Matt Flynn from what Goody said but uh the the veteran QBs available are not too inspiring. It's like Carson Wentz. I have the names in front of me. Okay, go go ahead. Carson Wentz is one of them. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Mason Rudolph. Lane Gabbert. Trevor Simeon. And the ageless Brian Hoyer, who we learned. What was his name? Oh, what was his name? Why? I was very tickled by it. Axel. Axel. Oh. Yeah, Axel. there we go. Um, I wouldn't be too upset with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think he could help. I think love in a Bridgewater is he. It's not a sexy name, but no, Teddy kind of wets my whistle. If, you, if you're asking me, out of context, coming now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do think that would probably be the best of the bunch. Honestly, like I don't think any of those guys that if you're thrusting. It, it, that's the only that or that's not the only lens you should be looking at from because yeah you want a guy that can play too you want a guy that can play but you want a guy that can accept and kind of like take him under his wing I think that was like who's the the Falcon signed what's his name Taylor Heineke uh, and it was like a uh, big uh, yes it was like a bigger deal fourteen like, million two years eight like eight which, six. And they just named Desmond Ritter um, their starter. Yeah, yeah. Which that's a lot of money. But it's a lot of money. But I think to the point you're trying to make is that Taylor Heineke can be that guy to take Desmond Ritter under his wing and kind of be in that. He has experience of where he is, of where Desmond Ritter is. But also can go out and win a game if need be. Like if yeah, if push comes sub push comes to shove and Desmond Ritter gets hurt, Taylor Heineke experience in the NFL can win games, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. That's the that's the one thing is that it's not like they have spent a lot in free agency. Um. If you're making that a priority to get a backup quarterback you're probably gonna have to deal with like a decent size payday at this point to get any of those i guess bridgewater being the top name on the of that list yeah um yeah so 
That's the one thing I would say. Two for a year, if you really wanted to go that route, switch Jets quarterbacks. Right. Let's if you're do like, it. like, if you really wanted to go that route, that's not a terrible pickup for a year either. Like Joe Flacco has the knowledge, has the experience to really show Jordan Love what it takes to be a pro's pro kind of thing. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's not. <laughs> there's not a lot of them. Yeah. Besides, like random guys between like Nathan Peterman or Trace McSorley or Brett Ripien. Like it's just. A lot of, not a lot of QBs uh, currently. I think there's uh, 18 available co- uh, quarterbacks. So, not great. Mm. Matt Ryan, if you really want to bring in Matt Ryan for an offseason, that wouldn't be a terrible thing. I think it's the same. It's the same like, I, you give yeah, me that, I forgot that he's, you give he's, me that, he's out there. You give me that look, but that, that's the same thing as what Joe Flacco would be. Like, it's the same exact thing as... It just would be so weird to see him. It would be so weird, but it's not like he was any better than what Joe Flacco would have done last year with the Jets. Like, the Colts were not good last year. (laughs) No. Remember when they, uh, yeah. (laughs) Right. So, he's a year younger than Flacco, so you want to keep him on for like two years. I wouldn't even be upset that that's what they would do. Like, I think that might actually be where they they go if they go anywhere. Because there's no one really looking for QB at this point. Obviously, that's kind of why the Packers are in this situation with the Jets. And so I think that's my new, that's what I'm hitching my wagon to, is either Joe Flacco or Matt Ryan for Jordan Love to have a veteran to take under, to go under a wing for a season, maybe two. I'm pulling for Teddy. Kind of surprised he's still a free agent. I think in order, it's Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Flacco. Just because that's how I see the tiers of quarterback. From my eyes, if they enter a game and Jordan Love gets hurt. <laughs> More or less, yeah. But yeah. Okay, also okay. from the perspective of, like, yes, Joe Flacco has the, the Super Bowl win. Like, he's he, he has that over Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan was, like, a better quarterback throughout his career. Has more experience throwing to, uh, like, better receivers, essentially. Teddy Bridgewater has the experience of going through um, trials and tribulations of a quarterback. Like he went through the injuries, he went through um, being a backup, becoming a starter, all this stuff. Like he, he has the NFL experience, not the winning part. Ignore ignore that part. But he has all the other stuff that goes into being a quarterback and being a quarterback in the NFL for what almost a decade now. So. And I think Joe Flacco would be fine as well. Like, I just, that's where I'm at for my reasoning on that order of uh, quarterbacks. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, anything else on love? It hurts. No, I, I, I think um, a lot of it's going to be TBD. I think they want to, it's not just about temporary expectations for him, but they still got to give him some help. You yeah. mentioned Lafleur wanted to kind of bring in a more veteran-minded receiver on the roster because they sure could use it. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's going to be an evolving story the next couple of weeks as the transition takes place. Yeah, on the receiving part because we can kind of move on to the rest of the team. I think a veteran receiver is like a pretty critical part of this, this, 
<coughs> and no Sammy Watkins. Right. That is because it's easy to be like, oh, we want a veteran receiver, but then it's like Sammy Watkins was that for them that can, last year. That, that can contribute. Yeah. And so part of that is like Corey Davis from the Jets. Like that would be a, a good veteran receiver to bring in. A guy that can show the rookies, the former rookies, the ropes essentially to say, hey, a pointer here, a pointer there. Also, just like teach them how to be uh, solid pros. I'm trying to look. Excuse my stuffiness. It's really bad right now. Um, Kenny Allen is a guy is a guy out there that I wouldn't mind either. Not so much as to the instruction, just as the another um, person. Julio Jones is a is a receiver that's available. Jordan, what would you think if? the Packers brought Julio Jones to be a mentor towards Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs? Um, a, I would like to see Julio as much as he could be, but um, I'm trying to find... I'm not really answering your question. <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to find the top three agent wide receivers left, and uh, it is Slim Pickens, boy. You want me to run oh. through what I have for you? Yeah. It's not... In any particular order, so I'm gonna kind of go through yeah. them as I see them. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Kenny Galladay, Randall Cobb, who chosen is- Anderson. Sorry, what? Chosen Anderson. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Chosen Anderson. You're right. My apologies. Uh, Randall Cobb, who we don't think is coming coming back. Um, Nikhil Harry is available. Jarvis Landry wouldn't mind him. Um, Rashard Higgins, DeAndre Carter. Uh man, it gets kind of slimmer towards the end. Ty Hill Jake, and well, Kumaro. He's going to the Jets. That's the I mean, mandatory signing. But Jarvis yeah, Landry is a good one. That'd be Jarvis Landry is definitely. I believe the Packers were interested in him couple two years ago. I forget. Yeah, the trading right. form from the Browns, right? Yeah, yeah. So that wouldn't be a terrible pickup. A slot receiver that can catch the ball and really let these guys know what it takes to be an NFL receiver. Like there's options out there for the Packers. And I think that's what is so, I guess, intriguing about the Rogers trade eventually happening is that it kind of opens up all of their um, ideas of what they're going to do. And I think getting a vet receiver in there is pretty important as we mentioned, but the options they have available are also pretty good. Like, I'd be okay with bringing in a wash Julio Jones and a semi-wash Jarvis Landry just to teach these guys the ropes, truly, honestly. Yeah. And, and, Gallaudy, and whatever wide receiver they, dra- they draft, if they draft one. Like, I imagine they're going to. And just having the guy there that can really show them what's what is going to be really important. Galladay seems like a nice buy-low guy. I agree. Like, he was very talented for a long time in Detroit. And, you know, he got saddled with pay, getting a big free agent deal, which 10 times out of 10, you take any time if you're free agent. Yeah. And it ended the worst way possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sadly. Sadly, whatever. It, it, it happens, but. I think it also came at the fact that he kind of got like the worst years of Daniel Jones, and yeah, just was never was never able to um, 
really find that. He also didn't have the greatest uh, coaches in place to really yeah. be successful. That's yeah. part of. I mean, Debo walks in the walks in the door, and the Giants instantly become uh, competent playoff <laughs> playoff team. Yeah. Um. Uh, anything else on the office? I don't think so. I think the only other thing of note. You can correct me if I'm wrong, since my brain is surrounded by snot right now. Um, was the Mason Crosby comments from Goody? They're not. He said they're never closing the door on Mason, but admitted that they have cap troubles with him. And so, I guess it's a big we'll see this entire offseason on Mason Crosby. Um, I've given my thoughts at length here about Mason Crosby and my, the decision to bring him back, but I think it's uh, the same as I guess the the idea sorry, my brain is not doing well. <laughs> I can't put a thought together. The same idea that I had about Mason Crosby is what I think the same idea is that Goody has about yes. bringing Mason Crosby back. This that it's not entirely all of their own possibility, but also is not so much likely. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting comments all the same. Yeah. I think for sure it will uh, come down to probably May-ish time, May-June, before they, we actually get a decision. But from from that, I guess we'll just have to wait. I'm sure, I'm, I bet you they draft one for sure. Yes. And the thing, too, is that we have to keep in mind Gunkunz was, um, I would say, bullish about Crosby. A few weeks ago, when he was talking about, like, he kind of thought that if he would come back, it would be, um, he would bounce back and he had offseason surgery, which obviously affected his leg strength and all this stuff that they, they was talking about. And to see again, comments change, right? Um, as the offseason has gone on, maybe that is informed where he is, you know, set, right? So. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Um, Anything else, Jordan? I'm trying to go through my notes here, and I don't know if there's anything else on out of the out of the annual meetings. Players can wear a zero now. Woo. Zero. Apparently that was just never a thing. I don't know why it took so long for them to get zero, but yeah. to each their own. Odell Beckham making his uh, his promotional appearances and trying to get a job, which is so um, weird. Not weird that he's going and like doing promotional, but that he needs to do it. Like, I, I guess I just don't know. I don't know. It's a weird situation. He's kind of a mercenary at this point, really. I guess, yeah. You know, yeah. I think um, I think if he signs that we're first, it's going to be the Jets, honestly, which is obviously to say. I but, think, yeah, but it's like, it's like it just it's it's weird that a player of his caliber is having to not beg for a job, but do this sort of work to get a job. Canvas, yeah, exactly. Canvas the NFL. It's like, hey, do you want an all pro wide receiver, one healthy? Oh no, is 
You said you said no. Oh, well, okay. Well, go on to you now. <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, um, the Packers want to pay Odell a, a small contract around a prove-it deal. Good to go for me. But that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think there was a lot of other things um, that I saw that were kind of noteworthy. Yeah. It's been it's been a quiet week outside of all that and Packers bringing back Eric Wilson, the special teams rides rises again. Right. Um Yeah, it's I don't know. We're what 3 4 weeks away from the draft, so we're still it's it's we're at the the midpoint of everything. Yeah. Um the 27th, right? Yes. Yeah, so a month from uh it's actually five weeks from tomorrow. Or today I was listening to this. So it'll be exciting. I'm I'm ready for it because I think the sooner it comes, the sooner we get Rogers news, and that's kind of the news I'm hoping for. So it'll be good. It'll be good. Anything else, Jordan? Or should we wrap up this pod? Let's wrap it up. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't make up his fucking mind next week. So <laughs> Alrighty, folks, you know the drill. A couple of promotions to get through. The biggest promotion, without a doubt, is cruising for a bruising. The uh, MLB season has started today. Brewers in Chicago playing the Cubs at Wrigley. We got GSPN correspondents there taking in the game in the troughs, taking in all the uh, <laughs> all the wonderful Chicago food, a big old Chicago dog. Get your whatever you want to trough. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Regardless, all that to say is to go listen to Cruising for a Bruising. Uh, Andrew and Adam are doing a wonderful job over there of dissecting Wisconsin's favorite baseball team. And you should go check it out as they begin to kick off their season with their first couple episodes uh, filmed or recorded, rather, right here in Milwaukee as they come visit us in the Midwest this weekend. We are very excited. Um, also, Go listen to uh, the Bucks feed with Eurostep and Win in Six as the Bucks prepare for their playoff race. If I'm not mistaken, Jordan, there are four games or five games left after tonight. They play the Celtics on Thursday today, and then they have a game Saturday or just Sunday? Just Sunday. Okay. And then they have a couple more after that as the season begins. Why not when they try to lock up that one seed. So yourself and Adam, Ty and Rohan have the Bucks coverage on lock. If you haven't, go check out uh, Jordan and Rohan's interview with Bobby Portis. That is a must listen, as I might say. Um, also on the feed, the GSPN uh, podcast network, that's redundant regardless, <laughs> is make time for this. Go check out all of their wonderful succession episodes as they get dropped weekly once Adam and Andrew get around to it. I think they have one in the hopper they're trying to record this weekend, possibly. But, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a succession watcher, you're going to like those because I think all all of us, sans Rohan, watch succession and Rohan wants to watch it. So I'm sure there might be a rotating uh cast of GSPNers on those succession episodes. And lastly, Repod, as we kept saying throughout the last few months, 
Go join Repod. Talk about the pod over there. Listen over there. You can do anything over there. And have a lot of fun while doing it. So, all right, folks. I got to go blow my nose. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me. Everybody go like, subscribe. Uh, this podcast, rate five stars. Follow us on Twitter at Zone at Jordan Tresky. And as always, thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.